Welcome to The Hot Seat, powered by affordable staff. David Judge here, and we're at Season 1, Episode 6 of The Hot Seat, where we talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry. We find out where these influencers see current and future trends, and what you can do about it to grow and support your business. There are nine episodes in the first season, and each episode is released every second Tuesday, guaranteed. Now, today's guest is Malcolm Riley, and he's actually worked within the industry for over 37 years. Malcolm shares the ups and downs of almost 40 years in the industry, as well as why we have a problem with fee structures within the industry with agencies offering as low as 1.5% management fees, automation and, and how changes in Amazon are directly flowing into the real estate industry, answering after hours calls and how ignoring them can lose clients, and 90 properties per property manager versus 410 properties per property manager, and why the agency with 410 properties per PM is offering better support to their local staff. Now, Malcolm really puts it all out there and he shares his journey in the industry and where he sees it heading as he continues to work with clients. Okay, anyway, let's go, let's get into it and roll it. Hello and welcome, David here with Damien. Hi everyone. And Malcolm as well. G'day. Malcolm, how are you going, right? Very good. So we have Malcolm here today and Malcolm's decided to have a a bit of a conversation with us around his history in real estate. And um, really, we want to use this as a as the interview f- to really, you know, put Malcolm through the hot seat. Um, and uh, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate you coming on today and having a conversation with us. Pleasure. So why don't we just jump straight into it then mm-hmm. and start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Okay. Um, the short version. Uh, the short version. The short version. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes the short version. Um, I started in Adelaide, South Australia, as a salesperson. Um, yes. From there. When was uh, that? That was, uh, what was I, about early 20s, yes. so 20 years old. So I've been in about 37 years. So yep. I've just given my age away, which is really mm. sad. <laughs> but um, started a salesperson from sales. I went into um, looking to start our own business, which yes. we, we did uh, in Adelaide briefly. And then we shut that down and moved to Cairns. And we've been in, uh, was in Cairns for the last 30 years. Mm, okay. Where um, we started again, which was, I've got to say, super hard to start uh, a business from scratch when you've got no family, friends, yes. or contacts. It's um, it's very tough to climb that mountain again. So mm. How long did, once you, once you moved to Cairns, how long did it take you to really get it rolling, do you think? Oh, look, it was have to be sort of two to three years. It was really mm. tough. And then we ran into the pilot's dispute where there was no planes flying in the Cairns. Really? So, uh, you know, rents dropped $150 a week and we had 15% vacancy factors. So mm. um, we really ran into, you know, the, the headwinds. Um, I'm hearing same sort of stories about people now with the GFC when they started. Yes. Um, but that's just the cycles that we go through. Mm. So um, we adopted the idea of um, having sales and, and we got rid of the sales team and, and went straight into just doing property management only. So we were yes. probably one of the first companies uh, in Australia that went property management only because one, I could see um, the fact that it's the asset, I love the asset value that you can grow, but also mm. the cash flow. So I learned a lot about rent rolls when I was in sales because I used to do a lot of sales off the rent roll yes. um, 30 odd years ago. So now, fast forward, I'm seeing that today around the countryside where they're um, they're looking at their rent rolls for the cash flow as well as the asset value. Mm. So um, about a year ago, we sold the, the uh, our asset, our uh, rent roll moved down to the Gold Coasters, which is where we're we're residing now, so living um, the life by the beach. Living the life by the beach, and uh, it's pretty nice. Um, but I'm still doing my consulting and uh, conference stuff and MC stuff that I, I continue to do around the country, around uh, overseas as well. So it's, yes. it's good. Yeah. So back um, those years ago, why did you decide to get into real estate? Um, I don't know. I, I think um, my um, brother-in-law he was in in uh, real estate as a salesperson and uh, got me interested in it. So. Mm. I thought, you know, I need to do something. Um, my wife and I have been together since we were 16 and 15, and we thought, well, you know, let's take on, or not take on the world, but 
let's yeah. you know have uh, achieve a few things in our life. We could see we could do that with real estate. So, and I was good with people, talking with people. Mm. Um, so we use that to my advantage. And some people encouraged me to do it. So we did, and haven't looked back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so if we if we look at so you've um, like you mentioned you've been in the game for a while, almost forty years. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I was going to say you don't look a day over twenty one. <laughs> I like you a lot. Yeah, that's right. I thought you might say that. Um, so. Over that over that forty years, what would you say would be the biggest changes you've seen? I think legislation, yes, is, is certainly the main one. People always go technology, but technology's up there, of course. But legislation, uh, when we started, it was like we could do pretty much whatever we liked mm. um, in property management and in sales. You know, we had yes. a little bit of legislation, but not a lot. And I hear people saying that that you know our um, market is all sort of a little bit pro tenant. Um, mm. Well, back in those days, it was all about us. And I'm not talking about the owners. I'm talking about property managers themselves. Yes. So well, we ran it the way we wanted to run it, and mm. it, was, it was pretty tough um, for a lot of tenants. And I can see why they got you know the rough end of the stick. But mm. um, I remember we had a house burn down. I just watched it on the TV. I didn't even go out there because I thought that's just too much work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't want to do work <laughs> in those days. We didn't do routine inspections. We didn't have any of those risk factors. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And do you think it is really pro tenant now? Uh, look, I think it's it's had to swing back from where it was. There's like the pendulum was just way in our favour. Uh, yes. there's no doubt about it. Like I can remember tenants um, if they hadn't paid their rent, we'd send them letters saying we're going to turn up the lots miss and throw stuff in the front lawn, which mm. we did. You know, uh, I'm not the only one. There's lots of us doing it at the same time. Yes, um, that you imagine doing that today, you'd be in jail today. Yeah, Danny, sort of you give you that sort of stuff? No, I didn't do that stuff. No, not no, that. No, I officially no. didn't do any of no, that. No, <laughs> I officially did not do any of that. <laughs> yes, yes, and um. I asked Amy this last time. What would you say the most interesting thing you would have seen in all of your years? Um, G-rated, yeah, well, reasonably G-rated. Well, yeah, because I hear these stories about where they've gone into routine inspections and found people sort of naked and all that. I've, yes. I've missed yeah. out on all that. Yeah. Um, I, I got I got more like um, people deceased um, okay. tenants that have passed away. So in our rent I think we had about nineteen people pass away. Really? Um, we had one tenant murder another tenant in a duplex on Christmas Eve a few mm. years ago. So. Um, so I'd run into those things and my staff are very good about sending me out to look at these properties and say look go to 19 Smith Street because there might be a problem there and you encounter the problem every time <laughs> yeah and um, so I know you do a bit of work with REIQ mm-hmm. so you would, you'd see you know quite a few things out there out in the industry what do you see as the biggest changes and disruptors in the industry you think at the moment Oh, look, I think uh, there's just the different structures they're on offering. Yes. Um, their, their fee structure is one. Uh, yeah. I think we've got a problem in Australia in sales as well as property management where it's a race to the bottom. Mm. Uh, who can do Damage. it? Damage. Yeah, I use those exact words, actually, yeah. while yeah. I was having a chat. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. What, do you, what do you mean when you say race to the bottom? Oh, how cheap we can do it for. I think we're getting to a point where I'll be paying a landlord for us to manage their property or to sell their property. Mm. Um, I think it's insane what we're getting down to, 1%. Um, I was in an area where they were doing property management for 4.4. I was in Melbourne not long ago. They were offering 1.5% yeah, okay. in fees, which is just incredible. I suppose, what's the lowest you've seen? Well, that, that would 1. be, 5. yeah, yeah 1.5 yeah. for property management and 1% mm. for sales, um, which is how are they going to get the service, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, if, let's say we were to continue down that path, where would you see the industry going then? I think our role is going to change. Yep. I think that the structures that I'm sort of seeing coming um, and that are out there already uh, is going to force the older people who have been in the industry for a long time to change their model themselves. And I'm getting a lot of inquiry for consulting reasons um, to try and get them to move their structure. You know, the idea of us to have a front counter with a, a girl behind the counter 
six salespeople and I rent off 250 properties, I think that model's going to be really challenged mm. in the future. I really do. They need to start looking at what's happening because it's not the competitor across the street anymore. It's the uh, online portal people coming. Um, I think they're the ones that are going to have, actually have a, a bigger impact than what the, the competitors across the street are having. Yes, and how do you see that, in the, that you would differentiate yourself? Well, I think you've got to be able to do more in, in less time. And, and this is where, you know, affordable staff come into play that I see is that they're going to play a valuable role in doing that. Mm. Um, I think that's one aspect of what you guys uh, can offer a, a real estate company is that they can do more in less time. Mm. And Damien, so you're out there with clients. What do you see? The biggest points of difference I'm seeing with, with um, the, as I said, with the bigger um, agencies and the way they're sort of trying to transition is becoming customer-centric, client-centric. Mm. Um, it's becoming more about the customer experience um, than I suppose managing it. Um, you can pick up a phone, the response times, and I hear it all the time now, have gone from once upon a time it was acceptable to return an email mm. in 24 hours. Now it's two or three hours. If you haven't returned an email... It's almost too late. It's too, it is too hours. late. Yeah, yeah, after two, two hours it's too late. So it's becoming, I suppose, this instant world where um, you can pick up your phone, Google anything and have a million answers in... 0.2 of a second or 0.02 of a second and everyone's expected to live to that standard. That's where I see. Well, I just had a client, uh, she's in Melbourne, uh, been property manager for probably 18 years. Yeah. She had a phone call from one of our landlords at 7 o'clock at night. Mm. Um, saw it come up on her phone, went, oh, I'll let her go to voicemail. She listened to the voicemail. It was an urgent um, request. Um, so she thought, I'll ring him back tomorrow morning. So at 7.30 the next morning, she's got another call from him saying, well, obviously my call wasn't important last night because I haven't heard back from you. So this is where I think the, the pressure on a lot of us, mm. and I'm not just talking real estate either, I think a lot of service industries are under pressure, that people expect instant responses to their their, their um, questions. Mm. Do you think she had a, so you have a person like that and that sort of relationship um, from a, a business perspective, do you think she had a business structure in the, in the right way where... Well, she probably didn't, uh, yeah. and this is where a bit of that old traditional um, structure is being threatened, um, mm. and, and this is where we're even seeing it with the websites now. Like, yes. um, you go on a website, you can't find half the information, mm. um, and that's where, like, I deal with a, a company who sell barbecues. Yeah. Um, I can go on their website, and straight away, a box comes up, says, how can I help you? Mm. Now, how many real estate agents have got, actually got that in place at the moment? And yes. this is going back to this lady at 7.30 at night, should she answer the call or not? Well, she should have a different structure for someone to answer that phone mm. for that landlord because landlords are gold. If we don't have them, we're, we're, we're in trouble. So do you think nine to five's dead? Yeah. Nine to five's dead. And Monday to Friday's dead. Mm. Mm. And I saw uh, on one of the Facebook, Facebook groups the other day um, someone asking the question as to whether or not you should be adding your client as a friend on Facebook. What do you think? No. Damien? Yes. <laughs> and I, yeah, the amount of, and I'm going to say, to be honest, the amount of business I've picked up out of Facebook mm. uh, messages at 10 o'clock at night, yes. Saturdays and Sundays. And why do you say no, Malcolm? Well, it's probably because I'm at the other end of my life after 30 odd years <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the public, I don't want to be near them anymore. Yeah. But um, oh, look, I, I think if you're going to do the Facebook thing, and I'm not against it, mm. but I should qualify it in the fact that be careful what you post on it. Yes. If it's your private one, um, some people put some things on there that some clients may not want to see or opinions yeah. about social events like just, for instance, the, the gay vote just recently. Some people get on there and they say yes or no. Uh, some of your clientele may not agree with what your your, your opinions are. So, mm -hmm. look, I'm, 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 look, I'd say yes, but 
be careful what you put on there. Yeah. Yeah, and I must admit, personally, I I do add clients. I'm very selective with the clients that I do on the add on there. Yeah. And um, I'm always very careful with what I put on there because I know that once you put something on the internet, it's forever. Yeah. yeah. The, the other side to that too is like. Um, I've always tried to keep landlords at, at a um, as a professional level, um, yes. even though some sort of become friends and same with tenants. And the last thing I need to is tenants and landlords to be mixing with each other. Yes, um, that sort of bypasses the, the necessity of having you. Yeah. <laughs> and Facebook, Facebook could facilitate a little bit if you're Facebook friends yep. with some tenants and yep. some landlords. They could get together pretty quickly mm. nowadays. And uh, whilst it could be a good thing, it could end up being a bad thing because mm. I've had landlords. Um, and tenants, if they met, they would kill each other. Actually, yes. kill each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you when when you're in the property management industry, were you also adding your clients? Yeah, I did mainly from the landlords. Less, yep. I had less tenants that I added. Yeah, um, but and I'm going to say, when you what death but once, <laughs> but, yeah. but one, definitely once I moved out of the industry yes. or moved moved offices, I actually had tenants that um, were long term tenants that friend requested me and mm. yeah, yeah, okay. So we've spoken a bit about about where the um, industry has been and what you see is um, you know the uh, how to differentiate yourself. Can you see any disruptors? Like we we spoke, Damien and I spoke the other day about automation. Mm-hmm. How do you think automation is going to impact the industry? Uh, massively, yeah. I, th- I think um, if you think about what we can do, I, I know now um, Amazon's come to town. Um, they've got a product where you can actually just use your phone, scan it into your front door, and you can mm. just you don't need keys anymore. So just that one bit, how's that going to affect property management? Well, it's going to be huge. You know, the old key boxes hang on our walls with key tags and key numbers. Yes. Uh, and files. Yeah, that's true. It's I just disappeared. That. Yeah. Um, so I'm dealing with a Chinese company that are doing that right now. Mm. Um, they're also processing applications off an iPad within 20 minutes. Okay. They're getting approval or not approval. Yeah. Uh, and I think the key is how you use automation within mm. the industry. I think if you use it as, this is personally, if you use it as a way to remove a relationship Mm -hmm. that you can have with a person, uh, that's where I I think you'll start having those challenges, especially if you're, like, um, I've been in the, uh, I started off in the um, sales industry from as as early as I can remember. I was about 14 years old. And uh, when I moved into, I did cold calling for a couple of years, which is an interesting thing if yeah, you were trying to do that. <laughs> I was broke for six months, um, yep. lived on rice with my wife. And, yeah. um, she's a very forgiving woman ever. You're very forgiving. Um, and we used to try to find whatever way possible to not cold call. Mm. And we used to focus on everything else we could do by sending direct mail pieces, by sending um, text messages, by sending faxes. Faxes are really popular at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a lot of ways, we were using automation. I think there were benefits to what we were doing with it, but I think in a lot of ways, we we're trying to use it to uh, not to do that first point of contact. Absolutely. Which uh, which I think is important. What, what are your thoughts around? Uh, I- Totally agree. Mm. I, I see yeah, salespeople, because um, I train a lot of salespeople as well as property managers, but um, they'll go out and try and do a few things and then they'll, go, they'll just default back to doing uh, leaflet drops because yes. it's easy. And yes, they're working hard, but how effective they are. Like on the Gold Coast where I am at the moment, you're getting four leaflets in your letterbox every single day. Um, there's no point of difference in there. Mm. Uh, and, and I remember when all that came in, it was all brand new, door knocking, cold calling and leaflet drops. And it was fantastic 30 years ago, but I've got a question. But yes. it's still irrelevant today, so as the, much as it was. So do these same people um, that you're getting the four leaflet drops have a social profile um, that you're aware of? Minimal, minimal, mm. yeah. What do you think would be a good way to, to start the relationship introduction? Well, look, I've been putting a, um, a fair bit of emphasis on a um, site called nabo.com.au, yeah. so um, N-A-B-O. 
um, where you've become part of the community and you can actually advertise as a, a real estate salesperson in that community. Um, okay. So it's a, it's a site where you can be introduced to your neighbour via in the internet. Mm. Um, hasn't got uh, the full traction that they would like it to have just yet, but it's all fairly new. Yes. But um, it's if you ever go into that site, you'll see it's very clean, it's very neat, very professional, and mm. you can advertise in it and it's for free. Mm. <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking we just think traditional ways of how we'd be marketing ourselves, but there's a lot of other different ways of doing it. Mm. Um, Do you think there's still a place for door knocking? Oh, I think in certain markets. Yes. Um, so what I train is like you need to understand who's who in your market. So, you know, look at your ABS sites and uh, REOQ mm. data and all those other sites that you can go into um, to find out who's actually who in, in the area. Um, some door knocking, what's the point? There's renters there. They're not going to be there. The tenants yeah. aren't uh, going to be the owners. So you need to understand who's who in your patch because mm. um, I, th- I still think it's got a place in certain locations, but... If I was going back into sales, I wouldn't be going back to door knocking. What would you say for our clients, without obviously giving away all of their secrets, what would you say, Damien, would be one of the key areas that our clients would be using to to generate that business? Leads. The, and as, um, we had a bit of a chat last week around um, the clients are actually using the team to set tasks for the sales agent. So they're taking away all the fluff, I mm-hmm. suppose, um, away from, you know, Making put, putting the sales agents, putting the property managers, BDMs to well, I'm going to say to work. Actually, getting out there, make, you know, making them do those lead generation tasks and doing mm. taking that stuff off the back of them, um, mm. off the back of them. I suppose one of the things I actually I sat in a meeting this morning or a panel this morning, um, and robot ready was mentioned. So robot ready, robot ready is like let's get your business ready for robots. Really? Um, so, in, and that was in the real estate world. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll actually be interested to see what what your thoughts were. <laughs> oh, look, I think that all these sorts of things are going to come up. It's it's um, sometimes it can be ahead of the, their time too. Like if I go back in time a little bit, and I hate looking backwards too too often, but. Um, I can remember I worked really hard with a bank to get EFT off the ground. Mm. Uh, and when I did, I gave it to all my tenants to pay their rent and EFT. And they said, no, we like to pay our rent by cash to get the receipt. And it was just ahead of its time. Now, yes. fast forward, have a look at everyone's paid by EFT yep. now. And like you mentioned about faxes, well, that's disappeared now. So I think it's these sorts of things are going to be progressive. It's just how, how they're going to take it up. Yep. And, mm. and typically, I think it's like version one of anything. Yes. They don't work, you know. Um, and I can look at you guys with affordable staff, with um, v- virtual assistants. If you go back five, six years ago, people tried and they didn't work. Yeah. But hang on, it's version 15 now. Yeah, and, it's and, more uh, than version 15. Yeah, well, it's probably more. So like for every strand of hair I lose, it's version. <laughs> At least you've still got hair. hair. Yeah. It's only the angle. That's why we do it from this angle, not from behind. <laughs> um, but, but this is where I think they've got to look at uh, technology and what may have not worked five, six years ago. Yes. Um, have a look at it now because it's a different product now. And it's not just, uh, I'm not just saying VAs, but just mm. even some of the software and apps that we use. They're not the same as what they were five, six years ago. What are your thoughts on technology? Because um, I, I, I love it too, but I, I see it seems to, uh, in my opinion, it seems to um, kill the relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you're noticing that when you're I, out on the I think this or? is where, I think this is where we can actually get um, people are frightened of being replaced by technology yes, and robots. Yes, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, um, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to help us to move into another direction where we can be more face to face with people. Mm. But more in a more a community, not door knocking sort of scenario, but more of a um, build loyalty with people. So I'm going to help your business, and you can help my business, and it's going to be more of a connection. And it's be things like um, chambers of commerce, or uh, you know, BNI. Those sorts of um, structures are going to be good um, because it's networking. I love networking. Yeah. Oh, this, mm-hmm. this for a salesperson, I think it's a great way of getting business. 
So in the back end, while you're networking, you've got you've got all the automation behind you doing all the hard stuff yep. that you were may have doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think our businesses, real estate um, sales and product management is going to be broken into components. Yeah. So you come to me and say, look, I've been managing myself through one of these apps that's been out there. There's lots of different apps out there mm. that are going to help people or helping people now manage their own property. But they've got a tenant they need to evict and they don't know how to do it. Mm. So for two and a half grand... You think it'll become that specialised? Yeah. 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 I think that's where it's heading. Yeah. Um, or you, a routine inspection. Pay me for it to do a routine inspection. So I'm sort of training PM departments now to say, there's your traditional model that you've been, you know, you've got three or 400 properties or 500 properties, but add these extra services on. Mm. Or even be a host for Airbnb is something that I've been that's looking at. That's a bit controversial. Yeah. At the moment, like, that's a bit controversial in the, mar- yeah. in the marketplace at the moment. Yeah, it is. Mm. And I don't, people sort of want to put their arms up and say, oh, you know, we hate all this sort of stuff because it's just changing the way we've been doing business. Yep. And um, I've, mm. I've changed over our business in 30 years. We reinvented ourselves many times. So. Yes. So what did your business look like 30 years ago to now? Like in, like... Well, um, okay. Uh, it's a bit sad to say this, but it was all manual. Yes. Yeah. So we handled. Uh, so I did 280 <laughs> properties manually. Um, it used to take me three and a half weeks to do end of month. Mm. Handwrite all the checks, all the deposit slips. Yeah. Um, hence why I was drinking a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we've gone from that into full automation, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. so how many properties would you say a um, is a good number for one property manager to manage? Geez, that's a great question. I asked mm. that yesterday. Um, People have looked at uh, some stats between 90 to about 150. Yes. But there's just so many variables. I don't know if you can actually put a figure on it now. Mm. Um, so one of these overseas companies I'm working with, they've got um, 410 properties per property manager, Okay. the way they've got it structured. And how much support have they got? Um, they've got great support, but yeah. a lot of it's all on apps that they've created for themselves. So yeah. they've devoted okay. a lot of money into creating their own software systems. Mm. Um, and this is something we haven't seen in real estate before. Yes. I'm not having to go to our current software, but you can imagine if someone can put in you know, devote $2 million to software, they're going to come up with a pretty good product. Yep. You know? mm. uh, and that's the sort of stuff we've never seen before. Mm. So there's going to be players that come into our arena that we've never seen before with different structures and different software that's been created just for that company. Mm. Yeah. In Australia and New Zealand, they normally, because we're like the, um, what would you call it, the Paul Brothers of the world when it comes to real estate. Because, I mean, we're such a small population, mm. uh, you know, when you look at in comparison to around Europe and you look mm-hmm. at, at America. Yeah. I think a lot of the a lot of the big players, that's what they focus on, isn't it? They focus on hitting something in Australia, the ones mm. from Australia, then they want to jump over to the US and have it totally smash over there as well. It's a good test market, but mm. the, the times I've been to the States and I've been pretty fortunate to um, work over there and I've been over there many times and, and all sides of the States, um, I see where they, I go into some offices where it's like back in the 1960s, it's like what I saw when I first started, and then you see stuff that's like way advanced of what we've got. Mm. Um, You know, I've seen people back in 2004 um, looking at the idea of someone could walk up, like a tenant, swap their card, say I want that property, their application's processed, the Mm. money's taken from their bank into the real estate trust account, and it's all done like an ATM machine. And that Mm. was like 14 years ago. So um, we haven't seen that here in Australia yet. And because um, I know that we're, we're clocking on time, we can just keep talking. And oh, talking. yeah, we talk all day. Yeah, that's right. Um, what, what sort of a special advice would you give to people that are in the industry now that, that want to continue to grow and flourish in the industry? What, do you, what, what advice would you give to them? Uh, get help. Yeah. And people say, well, you say that because you're a consultant. But, um, call Malcolm. <laughs> <just> call <laughs> and there's, in that space, there's a lot of people who are consultants, but... Um, I think you need outside help now to yes. look at structure, to look at your business, um, 
and even my own business, my wife and I run a business, and uh, were we 100% happy with it? Probably not. Mm. Um, we, look, made money and did all the things we wanted to do, but um, to step back out of it and look back at it like the old fishbowl mentality is really, really important. And I can remember when I first started my business, someone said, you need to get a good accountant, a good lawyer. And we didn't have the money to pay for those people. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, fast forward five years, think, oh, shit, I wish I'd spent the money and got those <laughs> people in the beginning. I'm sort of seeing that same thing happening now where people should be paying for consultants to come in and actually work with them, not just come in and do three-hour session, go rah, rah, how good we are, and then leave. Mm. I mean, an ongoing situation. So I've got clients that I work with interstate where um, every every month we're working with them for something on some particular item. Yes. Which I think that's we'll see, should see more than that. Mm. A number of our clients that I know that have experienced radical growth over the last couple of years, always always engage a consultant. Mm. In our business now and in previous businesses, we've always had a business coach or someone to consult or a guide, a person to guide some mm. particular description. Mm. And it's interesting, uh, one decision that we made on the advice of a consultant saved us around about 30 or 40 grand a year. Yeah. So that's extra money on your bottom line. And I think that uh, there's such a strong focus on you know being able to do it yourself and and be able to Google whatever yep. you can. Yeah. But I I think getting that advice and getting it from people who do have the experience as well. Oh, it's critical. Yeah. I think if you look at Australia, well, 98 percent of principals are former salespeople. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah. Um, we might be good at sales, but are we good at running a business? Mm. And we've been able to get away with it, I think, for a long time now without having specialised skills in place. Like I went back and did a business management course. And other principals have done that too, but a lot haven't. So they've yes. made money on the back of they had a good reputation and then provided a service and, and been the location for 30 years. I don't know if that's going to stand in good stead going forward long term. Mm. You know? Fantastic. So we're at that uh, at the, that stage of our um, our little conversation where you get to do a bit of a shameless plug about okay. what you're doing right now. So okay. Malcolm, tell us about what you've got on right now. Well, um, yeah, dealing with a couple of overseas clients. Um, looking at some of that um, new innovation they're putting together. Yes. Um, they haven't got their model um, 100% right yet, but as I've learned, um, probably the hard way, never wait for a model to be 100% correct before you implement it. Mm. Go 80% and work out the bugs after that. Because yep. um, I'm, I'm, I'm working with a couple of clients now. They've been wanting to get videos, and I'm a big person for videos. I just love them and, and mm. how to use them properly. Um, two years later, they've just got one like and think yeah. you know i mean we've been doing this for ages and they say oh yeah we've been meaning to do it and we've been meaning to do it and they get busy doing their own things and i think that's the problem that we have in a lot of businesses not just in real estate because i do coaching outside of real estate companies as well mm. um that they're all busy focused on their day-to-day tasks that they know they should be doing this stuff out here but they don't have time yes and this is where i sort of see um affordable staff where you, you can be that p- people you can actually help those people sideways mm. which is really important um, and growing businesses, if you want to grow it, you, you need – I looked at it, my own company where we had to grow like 115 properties to make the same profit because I had to put another staff member on. You've got the wages, you've got maternity leave, you've got sick leave, you've got a holiday pay, you've got all those sorts of things where this is where I think we need someone to fill these gaps and this is where I sort of see the virtual uh, assistance can help a big time. Mm. And um – what type of what type of clients do you work with currently? Um, I don't have a lot of clients. Yes. Um, I, I suppose I'm semi-retired, which is almost shameless to say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I work. I'm, I've been trying to cut down my trips. So I have about sixty trips a year, and I've, yes. I've trimmed it down. So, um, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, I still obviously do my work with the uh, REQ as a, as a contract trainer to them, which I love, and 
They're a great organisation and uh, do a lot for real estate in the state. Um, but I work with um, clients in Perth and stuff like that. So more, I'm doing more business structures for, for principals now yeah, in the last two years uh, yes. than ever before. What, yeah. what size businesses do you work with? Um, yeah, I work from people that are starting up where they've got no employees and they're going to run from the garage to um, where they've been to 2,600 um, strong. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. And if someone wanted to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Um, they can ring on my mobile, 0438 406 932, or just email me, um, mrfullstopreilly at bigpond.com, or go to my website, um, so they can go to my website and see what I've got down there, which is under malcolmreillyspeaker.com.au. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Thank you very much, Malcolm, for coming on today. We haven't been drinking yet. Yeah, that's right, that's right. We had another interview where we had a few wines beforehand. That was interesting. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on today. Really appreciate uh, yeah. answering some of the questions and um, appreciate your input because you've been in the industry for uh, at least a couple of years. Yeah, a so. long time. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Really thank appreciate you. it. Thank and you. Yeah. Thank you, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode with Malcolm. And before you go, I'd like to ask if you enjoyed this episode, you subscribe to a pod, our podcast, which you can do if you go and search for The Hot Seat wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review as they really count. I would also like to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I'm 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing every component. I literally record the footage and audio, send it to our Philippines office, and they do the rest. So thank you to our team, especially Ira. Okay, great. Thank you again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Hot Seat.